Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In the streets of Union City, to your nighttime radio, Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. From 7 till 11, live, local, and live, Steve Travelis on New Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live, local, and live. In the time it took Rocket to sing that, the Eagles scored three more touchdowns on the Giants. Oh, my God, what a miserable weekend it was. We'll talk later on. Uh, Ricky Ricardo is calling in later. Uh, for, those, for, those, for those of you that don't know Ricky, he's the guy who uh, invented... No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Yeah, that's what I was thinking every time the Giants got the ball. All right, that's not what we're going to talk about tonight. We'll do that later. Eddie Test is coming in tonight. Jersey Shore rock legend Eddie Test has got a big show going on in Asbury Park. We'll talk about that at 10 o'clock. My sons, Lennon and Albert, God, it is so weird. It wasn't that long ago. You know, it wasn't that long ago. I remember uh, the day they were born, holding them both as they as as they came, you know, in the hospital as they came out, and it was amazing. And here they are, driving. They got their permits next year. They get their license, and in order to get their permits, each had to um, drive six supervised hours, and we couldn't teach them. We had to get a driving instructor. And uh, Tim Cohen, great guy, is going to call in later on from uh, Mid-Atlantic Driving School. And uh, they, they did a great job. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're, um, I think they're advertising on, uh, on, our, on our website, whatever. But anyway, that's not what I want to tell you about. What I want to tell you about is uh, they're thinking now of increasing the hours that young people have to drive uh, before they can get their license. Now, right now, it's six hours. They want to make it 50. 50. Now, for me, I I don't know about you, uh, I think it's way too much. I think it's excessive. And uh, the way it works, um, if you want to be the one, because the natural thing you do in New Jersey, we'll tell them they got 50 hours, no problem. If you tell them, that you have supervised your children for 50 hours and they find out that you didn't, well, then it's on you. Under the bill, the adult who's supervising the young driver would have to certify that the 50 hours of practice driving were completed. Uh, The Motor Vehicle Commission would be able to suspend the driving privileges of an individual who submits a fraudulent certification. So... uh, Do we really need to do this nationwide? More than 2,200 people were killed in crashes involving a teen driver last year. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the agency says it's a good idea for parents or guardians to keep a daily log of their team's activities. New Jersey is one of the few states up until now that didn't uh, require doing this. 47 states require a certain number of supervised driving hours. Uh, We want to go from six driving hours supervised to 50 before they can get their license. Uh, do we need this? How many hours a week 
Or how many hours were you driving before you got your license? I don't remember spent, you know, logging that many hours behind the wheel. And if you don't do it, I mean, do you have 50 hours a week to go driving with your children? You're going to pay somebody. You're going to pay the driving schools. Driving schools got to love this because they're going to rake it in. Chances are, right? I'm not taking any chances. 50 hours. So whatever it costs you for six hours of driving, it's normally about between four or $500. Now, you're going to go 50 hours? I think I'm going to get a job in a driving school. Uh, all those Uber drivers, I think I'm going to drive kids around. When we reach a 15-year high of traffic fatalities, with most of them being avoidable, we need to do better, says Tracy Noble, speaking on behalf of AAA, told the assembly panel, we need to put the work in. We need to have our children put the work in. 50 hours a week? I mean, 50 hours logged. That's a lot of time. Do you think we need it? 1-800-283-101.5. And uh, a couple of things with this. Now, one, do you remember, like, how many hours were you driving, you know, logged driving, before you got your license? I don't remember 50 hours. I mean, you know, when you get it, you know, there, there are two types. The kids who love it and the kids who ain't that crazy about it. And a lot of kids today aren't really crazy about getting a car. Both my sons. You know, both my sons, uh, they're not that crazy about driving. And they, they love the lessons and have a good time. But it's not like high on their priority list. If they do it, they do it. If they don't, they don't. They could care less. Uh, which surprised me. Because when I was 17, I couldn't wait to get behind the wheel. And I was the first, first one in my group to get a car. And then I couldn't wait to get away from behind the wheel. But uh, 1-800-283-101.5. How do you feel about this? If you have uh, teenagers and, you know, they're ready to get a driver's license, should we be driving them 50 hours and logging it before they could get their license? Or is the six enough? Or is there a number in between that we could be comfortable with? And should you be on the hook as far as the certification goes? Because it's only going to ma matter a time before we're forced to pay the driving schools to do it which would be a boon for them, but how much money would cost you to uh, teach your kid how to drive? 1-800-283-101.5. Again, I don't remember spending a lot of time. And whoever you drive, like back like when I did it, it was you could drive with any licensed drivers. Now there are rules covering it. Sonny is in Madison under Jersey 101.5. Sonny, what are you thinking? Uh, well, first, it, today is my 50-year-old birthday, and, uh... Happy I, birthday, Sonny! Thank you, thank you. I grew up with three older brothers, so... Right. Honestly, I gotta say, I was driving at 14 illegally. Right. Like, they would put me behind... Not, like, far distances, but I, like, started driving at 14. But they do. They take you out in the parking lot, let you run around. We're not yeah. talking about driving, yeah. sitting in your father's lap when you're a little bitty baby. I'm no, talking no. about, right, all right, and, so. And also, I was at the Jersey store. We lived in Laurel Branch, so to Ocean Avenue. Right. So it was like my father, my brother would say, listen, we'll drive with you in the car. Just drive up and down Ocean Avenue. Go down the old Ocean Avenue where the Bulldog was on your left. So it was just a strip of road. They would say you could drive all the way down here, turn on here, turn around, drive back. Turn around, drive. So how many hours do you think you drove before you actually got your license? Oh, my God. To be honest, 
uncountable hours. I drove for two years. That when I first got my car, my license, I was a pro. In fact, the instructor when I when I came time to parallel park, he was like, "Have you been driving?" <laughs> <laughs> my first time. Have I been driving? Are you kidding me? Exactly. All right, but do you, do you think we should mandate fifty hours before someone can get there? I think that I don't even think that makes any sense at all. Explain to me why it makes sense. That's all I want to know. It's excessive. Uh, why it makes sense. Because we're overprotective. Because we have an overprotective right. governor who salts the roads on Labor Day in the signs of rain. This is now, now let's not take any chances. Let's give these kids 50 hours behind the wheel. And, you know, you don't, well, you don't have to take lessons. Right. I'm sorry to pick up, but to do what? Also, in the middle of the summer, there's construction on the parkway on a Saturday night in July. So what are you supposed to do? Learn how to drive? Learn how to sit, sit, in, sit in traffic? You know what? Pretty much. Sonny, happy birthday. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. New Jersey wants to mandate 50 hours behind the wheel for teenagers before they can get their driver's license. Do we need to be doing this? Your thoughts. Have you been thinking about adding a pet to your family? My friends at Pet Center in Old Bridge know exactly how to match you with the perfect pet. They have a large selection of quality puppies from USDA licensed and inspected breeders. When you bring home a Pet Center puppy, you get the most comprehensive guarantees in the market, up-to-date vaccines, five generations of pedigree, and a complete homecoming kit. They have a large selection of small animals, reptiles, birds, and tropical fish. Visit them in the shops at Old Bridge on Route 9 or at PetCenterNJ.com today. Here's New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. All right, New Jersey is thinking about mandating 50 hours of log driving for teenagers before they get their license. 50 mandated practice hours for young drivers. Right now it's 6. Both my sons have uh, taken driving lessons. They both got their permit. Thanks to Tim Cohen of Mid-Atlantic Driving School, who uh, joins me now on New Jersey 101.5. What's happening, my friend? Hey, how's it going, Steve? It's going good now. First of all, you did a terrific job with both Lennon and Albert. They rave about you. Well, thank you. We're not afraid to get in the car with them and let them drive. Of course, no, I they were fine. They I haven't done good. it yet. Deneen's done it. I haven't done it yet. But uh, now, what do you what do you think about this? Now, right now, it's six hours. They're talking about. You must love this idea. New Jersey's looking to mandate fifty hours of log driving before young drivers could get their license. What do you think? Well, I I honestly don't think they're going to increase for the driving school. I think that's all just parents. I don't think it's going to be mandatory with the driving schools. No, but a lot of parents will go to the driving of, yeah. schools, right? Because a certification from you is a lot more, you know, valid than a certification from the parents who could possibly just say, yeah, I drove with them. But it oh, comes yeah, back yeah. on them if they don't. Yeah, it's like in anything. You know, it's, it's an honor system, and some people will be honest, and let's face it, some people won't. But, but how many hours do you think you need before you can learn to drive? kids we'll be fine with six hours. But we do get a case, you know, there's a lot of kids have ha high anxiety, um, learning disabilities, they're obviously gonna need more, but most kids are fine with the six hours. And it does, it all, it all comes down to the parents, because I've had several kids come back for road tests. Right. They hadn't driven since the six hours. I had to drive them over to where we practice. Right. 
just to get them ready for the road test. And I told both parents I wouldn't get in the car with them without the brake in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, so how many hours do you think would be they would be somewhere between six and fifty is a number. How many hours do you think they should you know, it would be worth it for them to learn? Well, honestly, if if the parents were doing it, I, I and parents didn't have to pay for it. I think fifty is fine because some of these parents they they don't get in the car with their kids much at all. They get nervous, and you know, put it this way: I'll give you a story. My wife, my daughter was doing go karts since she was three years old. Right. She was great. She wouldn't get in the car with my daughter until she was eighteen. Okay. She was afraid. So some of the parents are afraid to get in the car. But that's what I mean. But how many hours? See, I mean, I'm just, it's, if six hours is enough to get you the permit, how many hours would you need to get the road test? Mm, again, it all, it's an individual if, thing. But, for instance, I mean, say, 50, it, it sounds like a lot, but it's an entire year. That's what I mean. So you're talking an hour a week. All right, how about this? What if somebody got, what if somebody decided at 17? They want to get the permit. So now they get they get their 17, they get the permit, they call you. You take them through the six hours, they get their permit. And then the next day they want to go take the road test. Could they pass it? Mm, some of them can, most one, most wouldn't. Uh, at 17, they have to wait six months to take the road test. But no, most wouldn't be able to take it right after the six hours. Okay. So, and you think you think they actually need? I don't think they need fifty hours. No, no. I, honestly, I'm telling you, some kids. We finish at six. If if I had to do many more, it's like it gets boring. It's like because they're good drivers. Now, some need more lessons. Yeah. I don't think it should be mandatory. I uh, agree. Six hours is fine because they they you know parents need to, to get the kids out behind the wheel and busy lives and. And I'm sure you probably know kids re- respond differently to me because I'm a stranger. Right. You know, they're not going to talk back. I tell them they're doing something wrong or, you know, how to correct, you know, right. little mistakes. But, All right. Um, Tim, how can people get a hold of you if they want to sign up for driving lessons? Well, we, we have the, the website, um, midatlanticdrivingschool.net, uh-huh. or I can give the phone number. It's... Six zero nine five eight four two two seven seven. Six zero nine five eight four two two seven seven. Mid Atlantic You do a terrific job, my friend. Thanks a lot. They, like I said, your your twins they were good. They were really good personality. They're 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 they listened. They're they're good. They'll be fine. Uh, you get ready because you probably get a lot of people calling you now. Because if we get fifty hours, a lot of parents just say, you know what? I'd rather just send them to the school. Yeah, a lot of parents don't have the time, you know. Exactly. You know, the the way the economy is, you have to have two two people working in a lot of households. So mm-hmm. I understand that a hundred percent. All right, Tim. Thanks a lot, my friend. Take it easy. Right. Have a great evening. Thank you. You got it. See that driving school instructor doesn't think we need it. Uh, he's not complaining about it, but fifty hours, fifty hours. How do you feel about it? 1-800-283-101.5. Let's get to uh, Al is in Browns Mills on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Al. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. What are you thinking? I'm thinking 50 hours. Um, that's that's a minimum. Minimum? Um, yeah, minimum. I would, I would think closer to 100 hours. Have you seen how these kids drive nowadays? 
<clears throat> have you been on the road around these kids? Have you seen them? I drove tractor trailer for right. many years. Over. Well, you'll be a good guy to guess it. Okay, so you're saying, but is, is that a stereotype? Or is every kid, or is it just in general, or is it like some are good and some are bad? Well, I mean, it depends nowadays. If you get your permit, and I think it's like six weeks until you go for your test. Right. So if you go with a driving school, which I sent both my kids, right. I tried to teach them. I taught them what I could teach them, but I figured they needed to go to the school. How many hours did you send them there? They went for six hours. That was the minimum. Right. They did their six hours. They went and took their test, and they passed. That's what I'm saying. So why give them, I mean, why, I mean, I'm not against driving them and logging hours, but why are we forcing 50? Well, I mean, uh, depending on the kids, some of them need 100. And some of them need six. Some and that's my point. Some of them driving yet. Some of them should have to wait till they're 21. Well, that's it, though. But again. On the road nowadays. Right. And you see how these kids drive, how they pull out in front of people, how they tailgate, how... That's why there's so many accidents and there's so many kids getting killed. All right, Al, thanks for the call. But again, you know, you you teach them how to drive. And you pay attention, you know, the driving instructors, and you work with them. I just don't, I think there's a number somewhere between 6 and 50. And I think it's a lot closer to 6, but that's me. What does John in Marlton think on New Jersey 101.5? Hey, John. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Good, what do you think? Um, I mean, where would it stop, though? I mean, if if the if the fatalities and accidents, if the numbers don't come down after they after they pass this, is it seventy five? Is it like the last caller a hundred? And then I'm in the middle there. I'm near forty, so I do see what the last caller was pointing out with young drivers. I mean, they're distracted with the phones and whatnot, but. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're a 55 and older community. You see, you know, you start to think, hey, when should we have a cutoff date? Right. When people should be handing the keys over. But if they're driving with the parents, if they're driving with the instructor, then the phone's going to be away. When they're alone, that's not going to make a difference. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's the whole thing. You can't really gauge it. John, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. We got Ron, we got Patrick, 1-800-283-101.5. New Jersey considering mandating 50 practice hours for young drivers. Do you think that's too much? You think it's too little? Or like Goldilocks would say, just right. Here's Goldilocks with the news. <laughs> 7.30. Now the latest news. Police. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number to get in. My sons have uh, taken driving lessons. They got their permit. Six hours to get the permit. Now comes the license. New Jersey wants to mandate 50 practice hours logged for young drivers to get their license. Is that too much? Is that too little? Is it just right? What do you think? 1-800-283-101.5. And uh, you got to certify it. Whoever certifies it, if they're lying, they could face having their license suspended. So uh, Ron is in Mountain Lakes on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Ron. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Okay, I'm doing good. Well, good. Thanks for checking in, Ron. How's everything else? Yeah, man, everything's good. So I own a driving school in Butler, New Jersey, and um, I've been doing it 12 years. Right. And I definitely agree with the instructor you had on. He's right on with everything. Depends on the student. 
Right. Um, a lot of things people like parents can do is try to like show the kids where the blinkers are, where the brake is, maybe show them how to steer the car a little bit before they start their six hours. Because sometimes kids will get in the car and they'll be like, uh, which one's the brake? Which one's the gas? And Okay, but you got to figure that, but Ron, you got to figure that if they're going to be taking the test, they should know that. I mean, you don't need 50 well, hours behind the wheel to show them which is the brake and which is the gas. Right. I'm just saying before the six hours, before the, they start the six hours. No, I get the six hours, but do you think yeah. you, should, you should be required 50 to get a license? 50 seems, seems too much. Yeah. That's my point. And how, and how are people going to afford $60 an hour? For 50 hours of lessons, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what they're going to do, they're not going to, they're not going to force the driving schools. But a lot of people, what they're going to say is, you don't have to send the driving school, but then you're responsible. If you tell me that you log the hours, if you're certifying it, and they mess up, it come, I don't know how they could find out, but if they do, yeah. it comes back to the person. They could have their license suspended. Now, if you're saying you get $60 an hour to teach driving, Sure. Yeah, but I, and I'm and I'm a, my price is low compared to other schools. Okay. Absolutely. But so now you're saying, all right, sixty dollars an hour times fifty is what right. driving schools could be making. But I just think like you do. I say, you know, you know, you're with these kids every day. How many hours does it take? If six hours is good enough to get them a permit. And even let's say, so you get them the permit at 16, and then they come back a year later, they haven't done anything. Right. You get them in a car, how many hours would you need them to get to be able to pass the road test? Well, the road test is pretty much parallel park and K-turn back and up straight. It's not like, okay, let's merge on to 80 at 4 o'clock on a Friday. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's nothing like driving on the roads in New Jersey. What, what they, what's the most important thing is, is they, when they get on the roads of New Jersey, is that's the most important thing. They get through the road tests. We help them with the parallel parking. Maybe they do that once their whole life. But the most important is when they're on the road. And I even tell the parents, even when they're not driving, they're sitting in the passenger seat, tell them things. Yeah. You take for granted, uh, like, hey, watch this guy. Why is he doing that? I don't know. But you, you, you tell them things so they know things. Tell them, put your phone down. I have two daughters. I went through it. Right. Put your phone down and pay attention. Watch the cars. Watch what you're doing. Watch where you're going. Yep. All right, Ron, what's, uh, what's your last name? Uh, Lenore. And what's your, what's your driving school? Give me a website. Aaron's Driving School in Butler, New Jersey. Aaron's Driving School, Butler, New Jersey. Now, when you're teaching the kids how to drive in Jersey, do you teach them to flip the bird at other drivers with the right hand or the left hand? <laughs> I teach them that's the state bird. Ah, there you go. Good man, Ron. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Because that was one of the questions I think is on the actual New Jersey driving test, right? They show you, they show you the finger, and they say, "All right, this is the state bird." Uh, Patrick is in Hamilton on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Hey, Patrick. Hey, how's it going, Steve? Love the show, man. Thank you, pal. How you doing? Doing good. I strongly disagree. I mean, I did it through public school. Now, I'm 50, so it was a little while ago. Right. But we did maybe 10 minutes a day in the car for maybe three weeks. With yeah. Four or five kids in the car. I mean, it's not rocket science. You can train a monkey to drive a car. Many have. 50 hours of driving is crazy. 
you know, and I see just as many truck drivers driving crazy. I see, you know, I commute two hours a day. I see all the craziness out there. It's a, it's, it's a so-called seasoned driver that do a lot of the crazy stuff, too. Well, they take chances because they know it. I take chances, and I'm a seasoned driver. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a money grab. They're just trying to make I mean, you know what? These politicians... They, 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 they didn't have to do this. They got to let all rights for their license the first time they got their license. They didn't have to do this GDL thing. I mean, they're all, they're all hypocrites when it comes to this. Well, you know what, Patrick? I think it's more... Over, you know, overprotective. Err on the side of caution to the extreme, because that's the way Murphy runs the everything. That's the way he ran COVID. Err on the side of caution to the extreme. Right? He missed a snowstorm. Next thing you know, we're brining the roads on Labor Day. You know, he, we're just over. We're the we're the most overprotective nanny state in the union. You know, we, you can't teach your kids how to drive. We will teach your kids how to drive because we are the state of New Jersey, and it's the right thing to do. <laughs> Patrick, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. John's in Flemington on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, John. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks. Uh, love the show. Thank you, pal. So, <clears throat> yeah, Steve. So I think that, um, you know, some kids could go six hours right out of the box, no problem. By the time I was 16 years old, there wasn't much I could not drive. Right. I uh, understood the rules of the road, awareness around me, uh, very capable. And, of course, there's kids that are going to need tons of instruction. I think that that the test itself should be the ultimate um, you know, factor on determining whether someone's ready for the road. Maybe exactly. Be looked at from the maybe the test should be updated as one of your prior callers talked about, you know, merging onto Route 80 at five o'clock. Yeah, let's be a little more realistic with it. You want to be in that line? You want to be merging onto Route 80 at five o'clock? And oh, wait, there's a student driver in front of me. Sure, and and also, well, I I wouldn't want no, then then you'll have to go back to the bird flipping class that we talked about earlier, exactly. But maybe, maybe a to take the test and maybe parents or people would be uh, more seriously consider, hey, is my kid ready for the test? Because we're going to have to pay a fee. And if we go back for the second time, not that I'm into fees, but, you know, whether I'm paying fees. No, nah, we, nah, we pay enough fees in New Jersey. We pay enough fees. I mean, you either know it or you don't know it. And if you don't know it, you shouldn't be doing it. You know, and, and it really does come down to that. You get behind the wheel of a car and you can't drive. You're not going to, chances are you're not going to drive. I mean, I don't know who gets behind a car. You know, would you get in, would you get an airplane and try to drive it? You know, you have to have a, a sense of what you're doing before you do it. And I think like the six hours that's good enough to get the permit should be good enough. Is I think what John said is right. If you could pass the test, you get your license. Logging the hours, fifty hours. To me, it's excessive. It's overprotective. But what do you think? 1-800-283-101.5. Do you want to sell your home fast and for the most money possible? To achieve top dollar for your home, you need Robert Dukansky of Remax First Advantage. Brandon and Kristen are moving in with a family member wanted to capture the equity in their lacy home. With Rob's help, the home sold in just 14 days for $460,000, and that was $15,000 over the list price. They were able to sell quickly and for a price they were very happy with. If you want an agent 
who creates demand, drives up the price. Call Rob Dukansky at Remax First Advantage. Rob's multi-million dollar marketing strategy and our experience negotiating attracts the best offer from the most qualified buyers. Call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Dukansky at 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015. Or online at robsellsnj.com. Or Google RobSellsNJ and start packing. The weather brought to you by the New Jersey Lottery. Live larger with the New Jersey Lottery. Now with pick three, there's more to celebrate because more winning tickets earn even bigger prizes. Any winning $1 straight wager is guaranteed a $500 prize. Play pick three because anything can happen in New Jersey. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. The question is very simple. Uh, New Jersey's thinking of mandating that young people log 50 hours driving before they could get their license. Do you agree or disagree? 1-800-283-101.5. Sharon's in Hampton on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Sharon. Hello. How are you? Um, I Good. How are you? Um, I do agree with that um, 50 hours um, because I'm a young driver myself. And when I had to start driving, I only had to log 30 hours. And there's so many, like, young drivers out there now that, like, just have no idea what they're doing. And I don't feel like there's enough time with the amount that they do in driving school. Well, you know, it depends. You know, it depends on the person. Some people need 100 hours. Some people need six you know, I think, I think yeah. you know, so so the idea that you're forcing people to log 50 hours, a lot of it is going to be just wasted time. And, and you know what? If it comes down to this, you either know how to drive or you don't know how to drive. And if you can get a driving license, you're going to be driving after that, right? Yeah. How many hours did you drive? 30. Now, was it mandatory 30 or they just said you're going to drive 30? Because as far as I know, it's six no. hours. It was man. It was mandatory for me for thirty. Who mandated it? I thought that's what the school said. Oh, the school. All right, because what I'm seeing here, it's six. But you know, six to get your permit, and then after that, all right. So you're going. So you're saying you need fifty plus. Yes. All right, Chairman. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. Rose is in Howell on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Rose. Hello. Hi. Hey, good. How you doing? Uh, good. Uh, considering that was a young driver, she was pretty smart. Um, what I, do you mean considering she was a young driver? And your young drivers are smart. I'm sticking up for that. Yes, I'm saying she's pretty smart to at least acknowledge that you do need more time. And it's not a matter of learning how to steer and how to brake and how to use your blinkers. It's everything. It's just your time on the road. It's it's knowing the distance, how to keep the distance, and looking out for other drivers. And there's so much to it. Right. But do you need? Should it be mandated? I mean, you like I said, I think it's an individual thing. You need what you need, but to be mandated 50 hours of driving time. I don't think it's an individual thing because it it takes experience, and that's why the insurance rates are so high for young drivers because they're getting in in collisions because they got to learn about speed, Mm -hmm. distance. And everything around them, what uh, you know, to be observant, everything, hazards, whatever it might be, road conditions. Well, you see, you drive. You make a good point now. If the, if everyone's logging fifty hours before they get their license, should they get a break on their insurance? 
well, yeah, maybe there'll be less uh, accidents. They'll be uh, more aware, you know, it's like more defensive driving skills. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. We'll take this into the next hour. We got Jeanette and Rob and Charlie. We got the phones buzzing. Should young drivers need to log 50 driving hours before they can get their New Jersey driver's license? That's what the state wants to mandate. I'm not in favor of it, but how do you feel? National winner of the 2022 Edward R. Murrow Award for Best Newscast. We are New Jersey 101.5. XW Trenton, WKXWHD. Yeah, 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 yeah. You and me. We're talking till 11 o'clock tonight. Eddie Testa joins the conversation at 10 o'clock tonight. The uh, Freehold, Jersey Shore, rockin' Eddie Testa. He's got a show going on February 24th. We'll be telling you all about. But in the meantime, how are you going to get there? They now, if you're a young driver in New Jersey looking for your license... Or if your children are young drivers in New Jersey looking for their licenses, they're looking to mandate 50 practice hours for young drivers before they can get their license. Right now, you need six to get the permit. So the amount of driving you do between the permit and the license, they want to bring it to 50. They want to mandate it at 50, the state does. And as far as I'm concerned, if you can get your license, you get your license. I don't think you need to mandate 50 hours. I think, you know, you know how many hours you need. You know how many hours your child needs to get the license, practice, whatever. But it's one thing to, to do it. It's another thing to be forced to do it. And I don't know, like, what they're saying is uh, whoever certifies the driver is going to be on the hook if it didn't happen. So it's not going to be a situation where you could just say, well, yeah, I certified him. I, I, I'm the one that drove with him 50 hours, even though you didn't. Because they find out you didn't, your license could be suspended. So how do you feel about this? one 800 How many hours did it take logging driving hours when you went for your license? How many hours did you log before you got your license? Who did you log those hours with? Did you go to a driving school? Driving school is 60 bucks an hour. So if the idea is I'm going to just go to a driving school and pay for 60 hours. You want to pay through the nose. 1-800-283-101.5. Let's get Melissa in Tom's River on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Melissa. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. A little annoyed at this whole conversation that's brought up. <laughs> What's the matter, Melissa? You can talk to me. Oh, my God. I know. I know, you. right? I am 52 years old, and I see a lot of, you know, older people driving you know, around my age, a little younger than me, maybe. Right. And my daughter, I have daughters, and right. they went to the driving school. Right. I have to, myself and my husband have to reteach my kids things because they were told to drive in the middle of the road to the left of the road. So this is why when I'm driving and my husband, we're almost going head on with people because, you know, we're on our side, but they're coming more towards our side. But how many hours does it take to teach him? But you know what I mean? Like, how many hours does it take to teach him how to do it right? I mean, you could do it as much as you want. But it's one thing to say, all right, look, when you get it, what if you get it in 30 hours? What if you get it in 10 hours? Now you're just wasting 40 hours of someone's time that we don't have because we're working three and four jobs just to be able to live in New Jersey. Exactly. And then you, you got, say you have multiple kids. 
Oh, you forget. Know, you got to send them to driving school. At $60 an hour. And if you do it yourself, I mean, how, and that's another thing. You know, even if you do it yourself, how do you know you're not good? What, how do you know you're a good driver? Exactly. No. Nah, but no. It, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> it, it truly, well, it's New Jersey. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. It's New Jersey. That could be a play. Charlie's in Middletown on New Jersey 101.5. Charlie, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking it's crazy. Somebody's looking to line their pockets. Yeah, it's kind of like they could say that the family could do it, or you know, the family could certify him. But again, if you're lying, you're in trouble. Yeah, but are you going to put your kid out there if he's not ready to drive? Can't no. have a chance of him killing himself? Exactly. But should it be mandated 50 hours, or should it be wow. whatever they need? Whatever they need. They look at it this way. I'm sure if you look somewhere down the line... Right. Somebody probably uh, has a friend in the business who's passing this law. Oh, that, you know, that wouldn't surprise me, Charlie. Also, New Jersey, thanks for the call. Under the bill, the adult who's supervising the young driver would have to certify that the 50 hours of practice driving were completed. The Motor Vehicle Commission would be able to suspend the driving privileges of an individual who submits a fraudulent certification. So now what, anybody's going to certify it? We're all, certi we're all certifiable now, right? Anybody can certify the young driver. Hold on, excuse me. I guess I have one thing. Welcome to New Jersey. Uh, Peter is in Lawrence on New Jersey 101.5. Hello, Peter. Well, hello, Stephen. I, I feel as if I'm in the Stone Age because I didn't learn that way. I went to Notre Dame. I took uh, health and we had driving tests. You pass that course, you go for your permit, a month later you get your license, you're taught by your mother, your father, or your brother, and you get on the road. I just feel, who sponsored the bill? Do we need the 50 hours? No. That's 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 my question. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Greg is in freehold. Greg, what are you thinking? I think this is absurd. I think that they should be talking about how to reduce property taxes and income taxes and the overall cost of living rather than putting more red tape on the citizens of New Jersey. But they keep winning elections by raising taxes and increasing red tape. So why should they care? 50 hours is preposterous. It's outrageous, and I mean, now, if I sign that my daughter got 50 hours, then it was, how could they prove she didn't? Right, so this is more lawsuits, right? Because you know they'll start enforcing that right away, and, you know, fines and penalties and ways to steal from New Jersey subjects, not citizens, but subjects. I don't know how they can so do it. I don't know how they can prove it or disprove it. I mean, we're, we're going we're gonna to keep logbooks now? You know, and uh, whoever the adult is is now certifiable to be training drivers in New Jersey. It's so dumb. And my daughters, two of my daughters who were driving age, went through the six hours, and it was driving in circles. It didn't do anything. I mean, they got just as much driving driving with me and my wife, and it didn't do anything. It's just absurd, and it's paternalism. The, the Democrats and the liberals and the Marxists and the leftists, they want to control us by passing these absurd laws and making it dangerous and expensive to live in New Jersey. And it's because they have this vision of controlling us in everything we do, from cradle to grave, morning till night, 
everything we do should be controlled and regulated, and it should be just as they see fit, right? Not how we want to live, not living of our own free accord, but the way that the liberals want us to live, and they make it dangerous and expensive to disobey them, which is why I've got two years, seven months, and seven days before I abandon the Titanic here. Well, we don't know how to live. We need them to teach us how to live. Greg, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. We're obviously too stupid to teach our kids how to drive, so we need the state to take that over, too. Isn't that nice that they're able to do that for us? New Jersey's looking to mandate 50 practice hours for young drivers. Practice hours are required to obtain a permit right now, but not a license. You only got to get six. My sons each got theirs. 47 states require a certain number of supervised driving hours. We do not. Now they want to make that number 50 and require that minors log dozens of hours behind the wheel before they can do this. Your thoughts, 1-800-283-101.5. On Thursday, the Assembly Transportation and Independent Authorities Committee approved a proposed law that would require permit holders under the age of 21 to complete at least 50 hours of supervised practice driving. Ten of those hours would have to occur when the sun is down. Now, again, I don't know how they can supervise this, they're going to have to take our word for it. But if they find out that you're lying, they could suspend your driving privileges. So where are you on this? 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelisse. I got a Twitter poll up, and uh, you can follow me at Real Steve Trev. And uh, as for the Twitter poll, very simple question, which is, should young drivers need to log 50 driving hours before they can get their New Jersey license? Uh, we got 47 votes, 72.3% say yes, 27.7% say no. I'm on the no side on this. I think, you know, parents teach their kids how to drive. Whoever teaches you how to drive, once you're able to drive, you should be able to go get your license. Not about logging any specific number of hours. But that's me. What do you think? 1-800-283-101.5. You can see the entire story at nj1015.com, written by our own Dino Flemia. So, 1-800-283-101.5, and get you on if you call right now. Should young drivers need to log 50 hours before they can get their New Jersey driver's license? How many hours did you log? How long did it take you to learn how to drive? And should we be logging hours? Is now everybody in New Jersey a driving instructor? Why not? Or everything else. Uh, here's fast traffic. <laughs> Revelise. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. Go to nj1015.com. I got the updated PNC Bank art schedule there just for you. I got my uh, thoughts on the Giants and the Eagles. Ricky Ricardo is going to be calling in. Uh, he does the Yankee games in uh, English and Spanish, And he does the Jeagle games. The, the Jeagle. The Eagle games in Spanish, And uh, he's from Union City. You figure it out. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, the, the thrills of victory, the agonies of defeat that we all have suffered. But for now, New Jersey's looking to mandate practice hours for young drivers. As it stands right now, if, you, um, if you're 16, you get your permit. And uh, six, hours you can, uh, six hours of driving to get your permit. Both my sons are now 16. They both got their permits, thanks to uh, Tim Cullen, Mid-Atlantic Driving. He did a great job, and they got their permit. And now the next step would be when they're 17 to go for the license. Now, up until now, New Jersey is one of the few states... Uh, 47 states require a certain number of supervised driving hours. New Jersey doesn't. But now they want to require 50 supervised driving hours. Now, who's going to do the supervising? Well, you can go to driving school. The driving school is $60 an hour. 
Now, multiply that times 50, and the driving schools are going to make a lot of money. Or you can do it. But if you do, if you don't do it, if you say you did it and you didn't do it and they find out, they could go after your license. So 1-800-283-101.5. The point is this. Do we need the state to mandate how many hours we should be teaching our kids to drive or our children should be driving? Should that be something that should be left up to the parent? Do we need the state involved in every aspect of raising our children? How many hours did you log? Do you even remember how many hours did you log? And do you have 50 hours that you can log in, that you could set aside, that you could certify somebody? We don't even know what kind of a driver you are. We have no idea if you can drive at all. You may be the worst. You may be a 75-year-old driver who parks by ear. But you can teach a young person how to drive. All you got to do is sit with them while they drive. Agree or disagree? 1-800-283-101.5. So I got the Twitter poll up. And uh, latest results now, we've got like uh, 96 votes. And on the Twitter poll with the 96 votes, 71% think this is a good idea. 28 think it's a bad idea. Well, I think it's a bad idea. I think that we should be allowed to teach our own kids how to drive. I think that, you know, regardless of how they do this, when you get behind the wheel and you take that test, that's all it's going to come down to. Not how many hours you drove. Alex is in Oakland on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Alex. Hey, what's going on, Steve? How are you? I'm good, pal. How about you? I am wonderful. I'm driving to my girlfriend's house tonight. Ah, with a smile on your face and a song in your heart. <laughs> I heard you say 50 hours? 5-0? 50. 5-0. Imagine young Alex going to get his road test. 50 hours. Okay. My my driving training was when my father made me cut the lawn when I was 12. <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> you loved that, didn't you? That boy, the riding mower. Now you're, now you're hot. Then, after, when I was older, he took me to a very densely populated town and made me parallel park on a main road during traffic hours. Did he throw you in the water and teach you how to swim? <laughs> Yeah, basically. Wow. No, I, 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 I was, I was, I was young when I started driving. Not, not right. like some of these other driving stories, like when dudes in New York stole their father's cars when they were twelve and crashed them. But yeah, that don't happen anymore. Yeah, now they just steal the car because they know they're not going to get in trouble thanks to our uh, bail reform. So hey, why even bother? No, but but in all seriousness, um, you said sixty dollars an hour times. 50 hours. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Now, some parents don't have the time to do that, and some parents are absolutely going to lie about this. Of course. And there's no reason why the parents should lose their license or even be at risk. I think this is wildly criminal. <laughs> it is. It's just, it's just silly. So the idea is people are, are going to want to cover themselves, so they'll go to the driving schools. If they certify it themselves, they're on the hook. So then he gets so like, let's take this a step further. Let's say Junior gets in an accident. And, well, it's not me. This is the way I was taught to drive. By who? By him. <laughs> he can't drive. 
I mean, how do how we how do we all become certified you know, available to certify people now? Listen, I I almost equate this to jobs requiring twenty year olds, ten years job experience. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's it's, it's, it's ridiculous. They're not even going to give you a break on insurance. You would think, right? I mean, it's one thing if they made an insurance incentive. You say, listen, you're going to do this, and if you do this, we're going to talk to the insurance companies, and you're going to get a rate. If if this was actually legit, and they did, they actually did this, the insurance companies should charge you significantly less. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you had that much training, then you'd be that much less of a liability. I think they should make part of the deal that you got to do. Uh, it's fifty hours, but you got and ten of the hours have to be at night. Ten of the hours have to be with the sun down, and I think ten more hours should have to be with either flow or the lizard, so that you can get the insurance break as well. And 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 then you got to do in the snow because in Jersey we get all four seasons in the same week. There you go. And you have to learn how to flip the bird both with the right hand and the left hand. It is Jersey. Oh, absolutely. And if you don't if you don't do eighty in the right lane, then what are you doing? Well, here's another thing. And if, if you if you do forty in the right lane, then you should be subjected to the death penalty. Oh. Forty in the left lane should get that forty in the left lane. I mean really, we're gonna do this right, right? Okay. So so what adult is gonna get in the car with Junior and Junior's gonna be in the left lane doing the speed limit and dad's gonna be smacking him in the back of the head going, Come on, move, what are you doing? I, I, I saw this funny this funny video recently. It said uh, listen, when you're driving on the turnpike, the right lane is is for the speed limit. The middle lane is for 70, 75, and the left lane is for criminal speeding. If you're not criminally speeding, get out of the left lane. Exactly. Alex, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Where are you on this? I mean, really, should we be doing this? Should we be mandating 50 hours of driving for young kids before under 21 so they can get their license? 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelace. Did you ever hear or say this? I can't tell you how much weight I've gained since I can't do the things I used to do. Or this pain is holding me back from my walk, my run, my activities. Well, it's time to finally do something about it and get back to doing what you love. Trinity Rehab can help. Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescription needed. Same day appointment. Fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it or not doing anything but making you feel loopy or drowsy like other places. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions. And no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab. Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like their newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Toms River, and Wall. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. Time to be bold and get cold. Join New Jersey 101.5's Big Joe Henry and Special Olympics New Jersey for the Seaside Polar Bear Plunge. Jump in the ocean with thousands, freezing for a reason. Saturday, February 25th. All the details are on our free app at nj1015.com. The Seaside Heights Polar Bear Plunge with Special Olympics New Jersey. Only from New Jersey 101.5. Steve Trevelis.
1-800-283-101.5 is the number to get through. Ricky Ricardo coming up at 9. He's the uh, Spanish voice of the Yankees and the Philadelphia Eagles who made the call, which we will hear later on. Uh, if you listen to my show, you know Ricky very well from... No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! And then there was... Yeah, that was from uh, back in 2017 when uh, uh, Cody Parkey was <laughs> made a field goal. No, no. That was from when Jake Elliott made a 61-yard field goal to beat the Giants. This was when uh, Cody Parkey double-doinked in a playoff game, Eagles versus Bears. But Ricky's coming up later on, talk a little bit of, uh, the, agony of uh, the agony of defeat, the thrill of victory, the Eagles and the Giants, and uh, the love between the two fans. Stick around. Uh, go to nj1015.com, by the way, also, and you could see the uh, PNC Bank updated concert list. We've added like six more shows. I got them all there for you, as well as my thoughts on the Giants and the Eagles and how close they actually are or aren't. Uh, if you watched the game and the time it took me to say that, the Eagles scored three more touchdowns. But... We're talking about driving in New Jersey. My sons, Lennon and Albert, 16 years old, and they both got their permits. And uh, they did this because in New Jersey, it's mandated that you go to driving school. And you get six hours of driving school. My sons did that. So they got their permits. Now comes the, when they're 17, they could go for their driver's licenses. License, licenses. And uh, in order to do that, New Jersey's now looking to mandate 50 hours of driving logged before you can get a license. 47 states require a certain number of supervised driving hours. Right now, New Jersey does not. What they want to do is force it. A panel of New Jersey lawmakers have unanimously voted to advance a measure that would force young drivers to undergo a certain number of practice hours before they can get their hands on an actual driver's licenses. Young wannabe drivers in New Jersey need to complete six hours behind the wheel to get the permit, which we know. Dino Flamley wrote this at nj1015.com. But now here's where it gets interesting. Uh, but after that, Practice requirements and permit holders are encouraged to practice supervised driving for at least six months. New Jersey is just one of three states that do not require teen permit holders to log a certain amount of supervised driving hours. Well, now, on Thursday, the Assembly Transportation and Independent Authorities Committee approved a proposed law that would require permit holders under the age of 21 to complete at least 50 hours of supervised practice driving. Ten of those hours would have to occur when the sun is down. Under the current system, it seems to, to get easy probationary license, says Zoe Gibson, a senior at West Orange High School. She told the committee. Uh, she said that she herself chose not to apply for the probationary license on her 17th birthday because she knew she wasn't ready to drive alone. Okay, well, if you're not ready to drive alone, then go practice driving until you are. But why should the state have to mandate 50 hours for everybody? Some people learn quicker than others. Now, who's going to be doing the, who's going to be doing the driving with the uh, driver? Well, it could be a driving school. Uh, but if it's not a driving school, it could be you. But if you're lying, 
Under the bill, the adult who's supervising the young driver would have to certify that the 50 hours of practice driving were completed. The Motor Vehicle Commission would be able to suspend the driving privileges of an individual who submits a fraudulent certification. Similar proposal was approved by the Senate Assembly Transportation Committee in 2021. So uh, do we really need this? 1-800-283-101.5. How do you feel about it? Personally, I think it's excessive. I don't think we need 50 hours of driving lessons before driving logging before they can get a license. I got a Twitter poll up. I got 123 votes. And uh, on the 123 Twitter votes, uh, 70% think we should do it and 30% say no. Like I said, I'm, uh, I'm in the minority here, but I just don't think it's necessary. 1-800-283-101.5. How many hours did you log before you got your license? Do you even remember? You know, you get your license or you get your permit, and then you go out with a licensed driver, and you practice and you practice and you practice, and that's it. The idea of I have to hit 50 hours just gets to be a little too much. If you need 50 hours, you know, I don't think we should put a number on this. I think it should be like when you get it, you get it regardless of how long you've been trying to get it. 1-800-283-101.5. Trusted, reliable, honest. Depend on New Jersey 101.5. That's all right. I'll get you through tonight, Steve Troubles. And you, hanging out till 11 o'clock tonight. It's a Monday night in New Jersey, and there's no Monday night football. There's no more Giants football. Oh, my God. There was no more Giants football, I think, last week. Did you see that game? In the time it took me to say that, the Giants, Eagles scored three more touchdowns. I was so psyched. I really thought the Giants were going to win this game. I thought they were going to pull off the upset. I went on television in Philadelphia telling Eagle fans I thought the Giants were going to pull off the upset. They did not. Oh, boy, did they not. Uh... I was, as fate would have it, as much as I'm a diehard Giants fan, and I'm a diehard Giants fan who's worked in Philadelphia for 40 years. I'm a diehard Giants fan who once had to sit in a dunk tank outside Lincoln Financial Field in a Plaxico Burris jersey, getting drowned for Eagles tackle breast cancer. I'm a, giant, I'm a diehard Giant fan who, uh, in uh, 2014, on a Sunday night, bet the afternoon show at a certain Philadelphia radio station that the Giants would win. They did not. Victor Cruz got hurt, and I ended up walking the streets of Philadelphia in a dress with a Fox camera crew following me around. That's how much of a giant fan I am. So here they are with a chance to beat the Eagles. And here, I wrote a couple of weeks ago on NJ1015.com, I don't care if they get obliterated in the playoffs. I wanted them to beat the Eagles in the last game of the season because, to me, that would have made it. But instead, they played the backup team and all that. And next thing you know, the uh, Giants beat the Vikings, and they're going to play the Eagles in a division game. And, and it just lined up so well. It just looked so good. Did you think, and here's this upstart team, you know, going up against the Eagles with the injured quarterback, with the injured tackle, and uh, this could be something they could pull out, which would give me credibility. Because you don't know what it's like. You do know what it's like if you're a Giant fan. No matter what. The Giants could win the Super Bowl and lose two games. Both would be against the Eagles. The Eagles could have two wins all year. Both would be against the Giants. 
There have been so many giant eagle, craziest games ever played. These two teams would play each other for nothing in the parking lot. And yet, here we are. And what happened was, basically, uh... They meet at Lincoln Financial Field, and I got to do a comedy show in White House, New Jersey, which was a great show, great people. I loved it. Uh, the food was fantastic. Not often do you get prime rib on a buffet, but it was not the big. So I do the show, right? I go on at 8 o'clock, and I'm like, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to do this, and at 8.20, I'm going to be in the car driving home. So what happens? What happens? I'm in the car, and I'm listening to the play-by-play. And uh, it was around about the time that the Giants get a fourth and uh, eight, and they decide to go for it early in the game, and they don't get it. And it was about that time. In my mind, I figured, all right, this is not going to happen. This is over. Because the Eagles just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. And uh, my friend, Ricky Ricardo, who came on last Thursday foreseeing what would happen, who calls the Eagle games in Spanish, not only does he do great play-by-play, but he sings as well. The last touchdown. Listen to the glee. Listen to the glee. Yeah. My very words to Bernice. Did I say that? It's funny. You suck. Do you know that? <laughs> hey, blue eyes. I tried to tell you, old brown eyes here. Yeah. I tried to tell you last week, my, you know, and you don't have the part. I've got a clip. Uh, I'm gonna find you the clip where right before that, right before Gainwell's touchdown, right. I had dedicated the game to you, to my friend Steve Trevelis. If you can hear it, and I did the whole thing, 101. Oh, you did. Yes, I did. Send me the clip. You, you and Sean Marash from CBS uh-huh. named you both. I called you both out by name. Oh, you got to send me the clip. Did you send me the clip? Send me the clip. I'll, I'll, I'll have the producer go back and get me that clip. <laughs> All right, but yes, I called you out specifically by name on the Eagles Espanol Radio Network <laughs> uh, on Saturday night. I'll I tell you what. I, you were just talking about the fourth and eight. Uh-huh. I think Dable blew. You know where Dable lost the game? I thought it was there. Well, you later on in the fourth quarter when he did when he punted on the fourth and eight. The coin flip. The coin flip. <laughs> I kid. No, I'm serious. Why? The only way the Giants were going to win that game was to limit Eagle possessions, mm-hmm. use use the clock, mm-hmm. run the football, and establish a lead and force the Eagles to come from behind. And I, I get it because Belichick did it once. Now everybody wants to do it. Everybody who wins the coin toss defers to the second half. I agree with you. They, they gave the Eagles the ball to start the game and create their own momentum. They went right down the field, bang, 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 took the 7 to nothing lead. Now it's Dable who considers himself behind the eight ball and makes the mistake of going on fourth and eight. It backfires. Now he's down 14 to nothing. You can turn your set off right there. 
If I'm Dable and I win the coin toss, I want the ball. I want the ball right there to establish my running attack, you know, take seven, eight minutes off the clock, hopefully score a touchdown, get the fans all worried in the stadium, and force the Eagles to have to come from, albeit only seven points, but still you plant the seed that we're here aggressive tonight. And he didn't do that. He won the coin toss and elected to give the ball to the Eagles, and the Eagles did to the Giants what Dable could have done to the Eagles if he would have kept the ball when he won the coin toss. No, you know what? You're right. He lost the game. Yep. That Parcells was the same way. Bill Parcells was always, I don't defer. I want the ball as quickly as possible. I want the lead as quickly as possible. I don't understand why they do that. But the other thing, too, Ricky, if that if he had done that and kept the ball on the ground, when the Eagles started running it up, they took Saquon out of the game. And the Giants, the only shot they had to win that game and keep the, was to keep the Eagle offense off the field by running the ball. They tried to go toe-to-toe, they, and the problem is they've just got too many rushers. They've got too many. They've got too big a defense. You can see the difference between the Giants and the Eagles in that game. But I, you just said it. The, the Giants' strategy was to keep the Eagle offense off the field. And what does Dable do right at the coin toss? Puts the Eagle offense on the field. Does exactly. that make any sense to you? Not at all. What was it like down there? What was the crowd? What were the crowds like? Any fights? Oh, it was electric. It was electric, and you know it was great for guys like you and me that that are that are so friendly and have so many friends on both sides. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, from the media point of view, all the TV and radio guys and the newspaper guys from both New York and Philadelphia. Remember, that's two weeks in a row. Yeah. That, you know, week eighteen. You know, everyone was down there. Uh, but even more, I mean, double, were there on Saturday night. So it was New York media, Philadelphia media, newspapers, television, radio, all kinds of you know people I haven't seen in years. Uh, it was just an electric night. Everyone was out. The weather was perfect for football. And you know, but you could have turned your sets off right once the Eagles had the fourteen nothing lead. You know, you could you could tell by the look in Dable's eyes that. Uh, you know, it was over. Everybody's uh, eyes. This one's done. Yeah. The Eagles receiving the ball was like starting the chainsaw. They <laughs> just stayed there. He, he won, when he won the coin toss, mm-hmm. I looked at my partner and I said, he's going to receive. Because the, we had just gone through the strategy on the pregame show of the Giants wanting to limit Eagle offensive possessions, number one. Number two, they want to they win the, the battle of time of possession. So you figure if you had the opportunity to right out of the gate, go on offense, be aggressive, establish Barkley, say, here we are, get that, you know, worry into the fans. The, the fans may have, may have started booing or have gotten, yeah. could have gotten uneasy if mm-hmm. the Giants had gone down and scored on that first opening possession. But instead of that, you did exactly the opposite of what the, the, the game plan was which was to limit Jalen Hurts, limit their possessions, limit time of possession for Philadelphia, you put them right on the field. Bang, 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 they went right down. Now you're behind the eight ball. You panic on the fourth and eight, and now you're really you're practically out of the game. Play, played right into their hands. How do you see San Francisco doing? Uh, Shanahan is, is a brilliant play caller. Uh, I, here's the difference. To me, the difference in this game, 
and I'm, I'm going to give you a comparison. Let's say you have a World Series game, right? And you're in Game Seven of the World Series, and your number one starter is pitching against the other team's number four starter. Right. Okay. Who do you give the advantage to? The better pitcher. Right. Uh, this is even. This is one game for all the marbles, but you've got the better pitcher. And obviously in football, it's the quarterback. So I think Jalen Hurts is, is far and away better than, uh, than Brock Purdy. Uh, the Brock Purdy, uh, he's been great. You know, I don't, don't, I'm not taking anything away from the young man. But, Steve, you know because you've been there. He has never experienced the kind of no. atmosphere that he is going to see on Sunday afternoon at Lincoln Financial Field. And, and if you think about this, after the season that the Eagles have had at 14-3, and three, if they're going to be eliminated from going to the Super Bowl on their own home field by Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, oh my God. You just, and I will have a lot to talk about. <laughs> there you go. Just the thought of that. I mean, it'd probably be great for sports talk radio. It would last, you know, that point of contention would last a lifetime to, to be able to discuss the Eagles didn't get to a Super Bowl because they were taken out by Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, but that's just as that's just as far-fetched. The notion of it, anyway, is so far-fetched that I think the Eagles will win this game. All right. Last question. Since you mentioned baseball and you are the Spanish voice of the New York Yankees, will you be doing any English games for the New York Yankees? Uh, that all depends on one John Sterling. Uh, you know, with, with the kind of uh, resume that he has and, you know, the legendary figure that John is, he's got the latitude, obviously, to pick and choose his schedule. Uh, he has, uh, as of this, you know, as of uh, as of tonight, as of this taping, I was about to say, we're live. No, we're live. Uh, as, as of today, he hasn't told me. He did say he's going to look at the schedule uh, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, like I said, he, he has got the latitude to pick and choose some days off. And uh, hopefully I'll be blessed once again with the opportunity to fill in for him as I did last year. It was an honor to do so. And when you are, and even not, you come on anytime you want, my friend. It's great having you. Uh, And and I'll get you that cut, but I did dedicate that victory. (laughs) Esta esta victoria. You were raised amongst the Cubans in Union City, so you know what I'm talking about. I do. Esta victoria es dedicada, it's dedicated a mi amigo, Steve Trevelis, the Union City, New Jersey. Yep, yep, yeah. You were on the Eagle Spanish Network. We'll go celebrate right. it, La Campania China, number two. <laughs> La Campania China, right? The, right as the clock struck zero, your name was all over the airwaves. All right, my friend. We'll talk soon. Love you, pal. I love you too, buddy. Take care. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Is fast traffic. 101.5, Steve Trevely's talking about melting. Oh, my God. I just don't want to talk about it. Money 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. We were talking about the Giant Eagle game Saturday night. It's supposed to be like the median point. I'm a Giant fan. I work in Philadelphia. Lots of Eagle fans down there. How did, how did it work out for you? Jumbo Jet Pilot in Clinton chimes in. At least the NFC East will be represented at the NFC Championship. Ah, shut up. Joe is in Pittsgrove on New Jersey 101.5. What's up, pal? What's up, there, Goomba? How are you tonight? Oh, my God. I, I am so thankful. Thank God I didn't bet this game. Oh, I, I can imagine what I'd end up doing. Listen, Steve, I got to tell you, 
your guy that you just had on the radio who needs to have a cup of coffee and maybe drink a five-hour drink because he's still sleeping. He's dreaming. No, that's right. Eagles didn't even have to do the coin, the coin toss. They had that game won before it even <laughs> I never, I never seen them play with such momentum. They were unbelievable. Just look at their record, what they've done this year. This is the first time I've seen them play as a team since they won the Super Bowl several years ago. Uh, when Wentz was on top of the world, but unfortunately he was hurt. And I would love to have seen Wentz in the Super Bowl that year because he played so hard, and it's a shame he's accident-prone. But getting back to Karen, I think the Eagles are just playing phenomenal. And I'm, I am, I'm not really a football fan, Steve. I'm not one of them crazies that take off of work to watch the game. And I am. You know, I, I, just, I, like, I, I like these champion games. They're exciting. And um, – I'm like, oh, my God, the Eagles are playing as a team, man. They are together. All right, all right, all right. Let's get a little crazy about this. I think they are going to win the Super Bowl. See, here's the thing. You know what? What happened was, I get what Ricky was saying was that they played right into uh, the Giants' hands. He said, I mean, the Eagles, the Giants played into their hands. Because basically what Ricky's saying is for the Giants to have any chance to win this game, they had to get the ball early, and they had to keep it on the ground to keep the Eagles off the field so they wouldn't score. And then they had to hopefully score a touchdown. And that would put the Eagle fans on their heels. But by giving the Eagles the first shot, they ran right down the field and scored. And then they get the ball again, and they start moving the ball. And next thing you know, they get held on that fourth down, give the ball back to the Eagles. They run right down the field and score again. And every time they got the ball. Basically what they did was, and I had said this Friday night, said, you know, the way the Eagles are going to win this game is they're just going to have to, you know, in the very beginning, they have to run up the score early to eliminate all doubt. That's exactly what they did. And my hopes, my, my hopes was that the Giants were coming off that win in Minnesota. The Eagles hadn't played in a couple of weeks. They were, you know, the injury, the quarterback hurt his shoulders. He had a bad shoulder. The right tackle, you know, he's playing with an injured uh, stomach muscles, a groin. So maybe, like, they could have an advantage there. What I didn't want to think about was that the Eagles, all those other pass rushers that had 10-plus sacks, they didn't seem to care about the Eagles thing. They didn't think they want to hear about that. They just turned it on and... And that was it. Oh, my God, they were, like, in high gear. i never seen them play so hard. I'm going to tell you what game was exciting, that Dallas and Niners game. Oh, my God, that was – I was sitting on the edge of my chair. That Both those teams had such great defense. That was yeah. an amazing game. I'm right. actually I'm actually glad. I'm not a Dallas fan. I think they're just – Nobody's a hockey. Dallas fan. But, no, I know. But I, I, I am – I'm glad that the Eagles are playing the Niners. I think that is going to be a great game. All right, Joe. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. It was not an easy football weekend. No, my condolences Thank go you. out to you, Trev. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about you Saturday when I was going, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's game. exactly what I was doing. <laughs> no, ooh. Boof, <laughs> Now the latest New Jersey New- 1.5. Steve Trevelis. Monday night already, man. We're like uh, rolling tonight. Ricky Ricardo was great as always. Uh, Eddie Test is coming in at 10 o'clock. He's got a new show. I'm from Freehold 2, February 24th in Asbury Park. We'll get all the information, how to get the tickets and everything. Eddie Test, the band is amazing. Uh, so we're talking about the Eagle Giant game. 
and uh, I know this is not a sports station, and we're not going to break it down that deep. But what I want to do this hour, because there was so much hype around that game, and it's so good now that both the Giants and the Eagles are, I don't want to say, like, you know, as good as each other because the Eagles established that the Giants have a ways to go. Although I think the Giants are maybe a year behind the Eagles, and I say that because two years ago, the Eagles lost their quarterback, and it's like, okay, look, we're going to suck this year. We don't have a lot of money to spend, so bear with us, and we'll do our best. And they're not making the playoffs. But they lost in the first round, if you remember, in 2021. And then the Giants, you know, basically their thing was, all right, listen, we're going to suck this year. We have no money to spend. We'll do our best. And the Giants made the playoffs, and they actually won a game. So this year the Eagles were able to have money to spend, and they went out and spent it like crazy and got a whole bunch of good players. Hopefully the Giants, they had their press conference today with the general manager and the coach, will be able to do the same thing. But what's good about this is for the next couple of years, both teams are going to be really competitive. And what's great about that, like I said earlier, these two teams would play each other for nothing in the parking lot. That's how much they hate each other. But it's going to be great for this area that you're going to get this rivalry. You know, kind of like the Phillies and the Mets. You know, Sixers and the Knicks, Nets maybe, who knows? Uh, Rangers and the Flyers, forget about them. Uh, but what I want to ask you, till Eddie comes in, what was your, what was the championship, or what was that the championship? What was the game that you celebrated the most? And what was the game when they won? And what was the game that you grieved the most when they lost? Whatever your team is. 1-800-283-101.5. You know, I could throw this question out in Philadelphia. Oh, well, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Okay, great. But what was the greatest game that you ever celebrated? Or the greatest game, like if I say to you, what's the greatest game you ever saw? What's the first game that comes to your mind? What's your greatest memory associated with that game that comes to your mind? You know, the greatest game I saw was a game that I never saw. And I was a little kid. And it was on a corner of 17th Street and West in Union City. And the New York Knicks were playing Game 7 against the Los Angeles Lakers. And it was May 19th, 1970. Like I said, I'm a little kid. And they didn't have the, they didn't broadcast the games in those days. And the Knicks, that Nick team of Willis Reed and Dave DeBusher and Bill Bradley and Walt Frazier and Dick Barnett uh, and Mike Reardon and Dave Stallworth and Cassie Russell and Nate Bowman, uh, that Nick team for some reason, managed to win this game, to win this championship. And what happened was, um, Willis Reed was the center of the team, and he's going up against a Laker team with Will Chamberlain, and uh, Pat Riley, and Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor, a greats of their era at that time. And they go to seven games, and in game five, Willis Reed gets hurt, and they're not sure if he's going to play in game seven. And picture... 40 kids on the corner of 17th and West. One kid's got a little red and white transistor radio. And young Marv Albert is the play-by-play guy. And up until 10 minutes before game time, everybody's wondering, is Willis Reed going to play tonight? 
Willis Reed calls a pre- they call a press conference the day before, and Reed says, I'm going to play if I have to play on one leg. And he missed game six. And up until 10 minutes before, there's no mention, no, nobody sees Reed. And you hear the crowd go nuts on a little transistor radio. Forty kids are sitting around 17th Street Park with long faces. And Marv Albert, Willis Reed, makes his entrance. Willis Reed is coming out of the place, goes ballistic. Everybody hugging, screaming, yelling. So then Willis Reed goes over and he takes his warm-ups. The Lakers stop what they're doing to watch Reed take the warm-up. After that, uh, game starts. Willis Reed limps down the court, hits the first two baskets. They take him out of the game, doesn't do anything else. The Knicks roll the Lakers. Walt Frazier scores 36 points. Nobody noticed. And became the champions. And if they, if they'll even tell you, if they played that game 10 times, the Lakers would win nine. But on that night, I mean, for me, greatest game I ever saw. Never saw it. And at 11.30 at night, they would replay the game because that's what they did in those days. Um, Giant Super Bowl 86, another one. Giant Super Bowl 1990, you know, the, the final drive, the missed field goal. 07, you know, I mean, one thing about the Giants, they give you a Super Bowl, they don't mess around. Except for the first one where they just rolled the Broncos. Every other one was close. As far as losses go, Miracle of the Meadowlands 1, Miracle of the Meadowlands 2, Miracle of the Meadowlands 3. Uh, I could go on and on. But tell me, 1-800-283-101.5. Give me the victory, the sports victory that you celebrated the most. Or give me the sports defeat that crushed you the most. Where you thought you had it. You thought it was going to be great. And it wasn't. You know? You thought that you had the game won. And for some reason, some stupid kick, some stupid play cost you the game. Like I said, if I start talking about that, it would have to be a giant eagle game. You know? There have been some crushing defeats. But some incredible wins. So 1-800-283-101.5. Could be baseball, could be football, could be basketball, hockey, could be personal. Was there a game that you played in? High school, college, whatever. But give me the, the, the game, the, the uh, victory that you savored the most. I mean, when the Giants went to the playoffs... When 19, they, ain't gone to, they, they won the championship in 1956. They don't go to the playoffs again until 1981. And I had a party at my house, and they're playing the Dallas Cowboys. And when it looked like they were actually going to go, I threw everybody out of my house. And I'm sitting there with my dog crying watching this game as they finally kick a field goal after missing two in overtime. 1-800-283-101.5. So what's yours? I gave you a couple of mine. Give me some of yours. The most th- the thrilling championship. What am I saying here? You know, the, um, the win that you love the most. Your favorite win, your worst defeat. 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevely. Stick around. We 
are the Garden. Three, three, one hundred one point five. Steve Trevelis. Yes, I suffered through the Giants Eagle games just like you did. We can all bond, Giant fans. Next year, well, maybe the year after. Got a lot of work to do. One eight hundred two eight three one hundred one point five. What was your greatest victory? What was the the win that you savored the most out of your team, whatever team that was? What was your worst defeat? 1-800-283-101.5. John's in Piscataway on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, John. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How are you? Still licking my wounds. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Bad. What a bad game. I, you know what? I can't believe it's as bad, because with all the hope that we had going into it, I can't believe it turned out as bad as it did. Yes, and they looked so good the week before against Minnesota. And, you know, Minnesota is no pushover. Yes, they are. <laughs> you look Minnesota up in a dictionary, it says pushover. All right, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> All right, what was, that, what was your greatest game, John? Greatest game? 1986, man, Super Bowl twenty one, New York Giants beating the Denver Broncos 39-20. to In Pasadena, California. Oh man, the Super Bowl shuffle. No, the Super Bowl shuffle. That was that was the year before with Chicago Bears and and McMahon. Uh-huh. The Giants their own tune. Do you remember the Giants tune in '86? We're the New York Giants. Da 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 da. We're the New York Giants. Gross. New York Giants. Yeah. Don't you know we're great? Football is our business. Pasadena. We can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> wow! I didn't even know that one. That was a good one. I remember. You, you never heard that? No. Sims went twenty-two for twenty-five. I never heard that. Yeah, we are the New York Giants. Don't you know we're great? Look it up on YouTube. Baby. I will. I will definitely look it up on YouTube. <laughs> remember, remember the pass when uh, he throws to Bavaro and, and McConkey ends up catching off the rebound in yeah. the end zone. Was that, that the first one or was that in '90s? No, that was the first one. That was the first one. Because what happened was they were down. They were down uh, 10-9 at halftime in that game. Correct. And they come out, they get the ball to begin the second half, and they march down the field. And I was watching the game in Philadelphia. I was doing updates on the Howard Stern Show at the time. And my boss was with me. And uh, I made a bet with my boss that if the Giants win, I could go on the radio in Philadelphia and cover that game any way I wanted to. And I was like, I'm going to win, sure, get whatever you want. And they're down 10-9, and they move down the field, and they score the touchdown. Bavaro scores the touchdown. And at that point, I'm like, this game is over. And now it's just a matter of how much. And they went on to kill him, like 39-10. 39-20. hammered him in the second half. It was such a turnaround. So nice to see. And did you know that Phil Sims still, to this day, in a Super Bowl, has the highest completion uh, percentage of any quarterback in a, in a Super Bowl. 25 passes he threw. He completed 22 of them. How about that? Yeah. I remember, I remember the Disneyland. I'm going to Disneyland. I'm going to Disneyland. Remember that? Yeah, they started that, and then every year it was somebody, uh, the MVP of the game would do that for Disney. Well, in 1990, right, they're going to come down to the field goal. And a guy on the sidelines told OJ that if he misses the kick, you're going. And a guy on the other sidelines told Thurman Thomas of the Bills, if he makes the kick, you're going. And Norwood missed the kick. Yeah, yeah. wide right, wide yeah. right. And do you remember? Oh, God. <laughs> My son used to call him oldest. 
not Otis, but oldest, because he was like the oldest guy out there. Oldest Anderson. Anderson. The uppercut, the bolo punch coming up under Kelso's chin. Uh-huh. Remember that? Oh, John, we could talk for hours. Elizabeth, thanks for the call. Andrew's in Flemington on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Andrew. Hi, Steve. How's it going tonight? I maybe don't have to ask you, because everybody's already told me, and you failed. You told them all you're doing well, so... Just to let you know, I'm doing okay also. Oh, okay. I wanted to make sure, Andrew. I was worried. I must I must be in the front row. All right. So, so give me that. Tell, tell me your game. Very anti-depressant. Uh-huh. So, yeah, how about the Jets? Last home game I went there. It's the only NFL game I've ever attended. It might be the last. New York Jets, right. last home game at Shea Stadium. We're talking like 1983 or so. <clears throat> they lose to the Steelers. The fans got so upset. I was in the upper deck with binoculars. They looked like tiny ants trying to get to the sugar cube, and the sugar cube was the goalpost. They were trying to tear down the goalpost. I remember that. I wasn't there. I remember seeing it. Yeah. That was Shea Stadium. You'd be at the game, and you hear the planes coming in and going out. It, it yeah, was ridiculous. Yeah, the Giants played in Yankee Stadium. And they just, see, when you if you grew up in the 60s or 70s, you're a Yankee fan and a Giant fan because they played in Yankee Stadium. Steve, I'm a, I'm a Jets fan, uh-huh. so I'm a little jealous of your Giants because you guys didn't have any inkling of making the playoffs. You got that far. You beat Minnesota, so it's a good year to be a Giants fan, you know? What do you think of the Jets? I mean, they, they, they just collapsed at the uh, end. Every Jets fan's favorite saying is we'll get them next year. J-E-T-S, just end the season. <laughs> Thanks. There you go. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. Go to nj1015.com, and you can check out the uh, Steve Trevelis page. And they put up, uh, like I said, you know, just how far the Giants are away from the Eagles, having having watched the game. And uh, there'll be more, gi- more Giant posts coming up this week. And also, PNC Bank Art Center. i got some more updated shows for you to throw out there, where we get the best cheesesteaks in New Jersey, because you know how much you love cheesesteaks in New Jersey. Boy, do we know how much you love cheesesteaks in New Jersey. All right, coming up, uh, Eddie Testa, Jersey Shore rock legend. Eddie Testa of the Eddie Testa Band with a show coming up in Asbury Park that we got to tell you about, so stick around. New Jersey 101.5 is your news, traffic, and weather first responders. Count on us for up-to-the-minute information from our award-winning news team. I'm Eric Scott, topping our report this hour. Count on us to get you around with fast traffic. Bob Williams, New Jersey Traffic North. Jill Byron, New Jersey Traffic South. Count on us to keep you and your family safe with instant weather. I'm meteorologist Dan Zero. New Jersey 101.5, your first responders for news, traffic, and weather. Every night when that moon gets so big and bright, it's a supernatural delight. Every border was dancing in the moonlight. There we go. Dancing on a Monday night in the moonlight in New Jersey, 101.5, Steve Trevelis. I got the one and only truly original Jersey legend in the house here. I got Eddie Testa himself right here. You got to get on the microphone. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? Great. Thanks for having us. Are you kidding? I live for these moments. We fast between the times. <laughs> Eddie, is, uh, Eddie is the man. I, sh- oh, I forgot to put the chicken man on. 
Yeah, I should have put the chicken yeah, man on, right? It blew up the chicken man. Hold on. This is Eddie, man. Eddie, when he's not rock and rolling, when he's not uh, creating at the Jersey Shore, he owns Chicken Town in Tom's River, the best chicken and ribs you will ever have. And here he is. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. How how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So now tell me about this, right? You got now you got a show. We got a show, February 24th in Asbury Park, and it's going to be. Uh, I'm from Freehold too. Yeah. This is like when this is like the Eddie test the story. It's it's a combination of music and storytelling uh, together. You know, uh-huh. throughout the years of me playing, been around so long. And it's like a kind of like a little fun little thing, calling it, hey, I'm from Freehold, too. Yeah, because you know It's like, like a little joke to myself. You know? Oh, see, we got the producers no. here. We got Phil. No, right? uh, Nick. Nick, and Dave. I'm sorry. That's Nick okay. and Dave. I'm sorry. Right. Somehow no you look like a Phil to me. I could be. Feel the feel the Atari from the Sopranos. Look at that face. Don't you look yeah, like him? Yeah, all, right. all right, all right. So so now Nick uh, Nick and Dave are the producers. So so he actually sold you on this idea. No, it's actually the other. Well, you, you sold. The, the you idea, went to him uh, with the idea. What, well, yes. Okay. So the the uh, the company that uh, David and I uh, formed is called the Gig LLC, the Gig USA LLC, and okay. the gig came about from the beginning of the pandemic, and when I realized that you know musicians lost their their venues they lost their income they lost their livelihood and <clears throat> i wanted to create something that uh that would be able to fill in that gap i do video production and so i had just purchased a bunch of streaming equipment right and uh so this became uh the 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 germ of what this this whole idea of the gig is all about because what we're going to do is we're actually going to record this with audio and video we're going to and then we're going to produce post produce that and we're going to stream it later so if you become a a audience uh, member to the live show you're going to see the live show you're going to get a stream pass to the stream right. later on which we'll we'll announce at some uh time later once everything is produced and you're also going to get a digital download of the album from the recording nice yeah so no other venue is going to offer no. that that kind of uh of value and where is this going to take place? It's going to be at the House of Independence House on of February Independence. 24th, nice. 8, 8 p.m. See, I know the Eddie Test the story. Yeah, I, I, I mean, really, I could tell you. No doubt. He was born in a wagon of a traveling show. <laughs> His mother used to dance for the money they throw. I believe that. Grandpa, he'd do whatever he could. <laughs> Preach a little gospel, sell some bo- Oh, no, no, that was the wrong story. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Wrong story, man. Wrong artist. He stood stone like at midnight, <laughs> spending in his masquerade. <laughs> uh, so, so now, so you're gonna. So basically, it's gonna be so good, man. Because you know what, you're the perfect guy to do this. Because you're a great storyteller. You're an incredible musician. Great songwriter. You've been on here so many times. We played your songs. I'll be on Facebook, and I'll see like he'll throw a song up, and I call him at home. Eddie is freaking great. How did you get this? He's like, I, oh, I appreciate right. that, man. Thank you. You've always been always in my corner, and I do appreciate that. But um, it, it's something different because it's all original music. Mm-hmm. It, we're doing no cover music whatsoever. It's a timeline of since I was 14, 15, my first songs that I wrote yeah. up to now, up to this CD that we weren't able to really put put out. We did it during COVID, but we never were able to really get it out there. It's out there, but you know, not the way we wanted to present it how it's really hard now to get cd to, with the music business to get really? stuff out there you know I, somebody um, i was talking tony palgrossi was in here last week right i was telling he's like it's never harder to sell ten thousand units it's never easier to sell ten thousand units never harder to sell 10 million 
because you just, you know, just the way it's set up now. You know, we don't have that one spot where everybody goes. So exactly. we just got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, you know. And now this this is a great idea. And listen, Thank there's you. so much great music out there. You get, sure. You know, you get shuffled around, lost around, and forgotten about for that moment and the next moment. That's why we, I wanted to do something different. And when they came up to me with this idea, I already had the idea of doing something like, uh, you know, uh, hey, I'm from Freehold type of thing. And I was like... Well, then we started talking, and that's how it all came about. You going so, after the uh, Bruce thing? I'm from Freehold, too. What? I wasn't, <laughs> Me, too. Yeah. I was like, I'm the redheaded stepchild. Freehold, you know? So that that's my out, my, my look at it. You know? Uh -huh. I'm the... Uh, you know, I'm not forgotten. Frio loves me. You they know, I, absolutely. I, 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 Bruce my, loves you. All, all my, yeah. When all, Bruce all my was at the friends. firehouse, who did he call to come down? Well, he didn't call me. Nice. Call you. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't call Nick it's or nice Dave. Be, called in, you. In, it's nice right. to be invited. Uh huh. Exactly. So. Exactly. So when when uh, I was searching for an opening act for for the gig, and a friend of mine uh, said, "Well, you got to check out Eddie Testa," and I, and I had heard of Eddie Testa, but I've never seen him. So I went to uh, uh, this this about a year ago. Uh, they were playing at MJ's in in, uh, in Bayville, mm -hmm. and uh, I went down to see them, and and I was blown away. So. Crazy. His band is so tight. They're phen phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. They're phenomenal. What's what's even better is that every time you go see Eddie, mm -hmm. it's a party. Exactly. It's a musical party. And people are dancing and, and having a great time. He's now. like a comfortable pair of jeans. <laughs> everybody goes to hang with everybody goes to hang with Eddie. Yeah. You ever see the movie The Wrestler? Yeah. Right? If they made that about a Jersey rocker. There you go. Be the Eddie test the story. Well, you thank go. you. Right? We can Mickey Rock. Nice. Who's going to play you? Oh, you're going to play. When they make the movie, they this, who's going to play you? That's for sure. Yeah, who's going to play you in the movie? That's right. <laughs> not, not myself, that's for sure. Right? I, so, one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. You got to call in, talk to Eddie Testa. Give me a story. Give me a story that's going to, uh, you know, like that you're going to tell on the stage. Like what? Like what do you remember? Your er, your earliest memory of music. What got you into music, Eddie? Well, uh, my grandfather got me into music. Really, I, I was always people. You know, people don't know that I worked for my grandfather when I was eight, nine years old, carrying his his drum set really from gig to gig my grandfather was a great drummer made this poor and, uh, eight year old kid carry yeah, the drum set up and down these that was what a day is that yeah so uh but that that you know i have a i have a lot of history of music in my whole life from the day i was i was uh you know it, it I, I always did school plays and uh -huh. stuff like that i was always involved in stuff but i don't want to give away too much of no, 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 because, no 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 but um you know, just things that happened throughout my whole life and and where I was musically, you know, um, I was like every other writer. You know, if you hear a song on the radio and you love that song as a songwriter, you try to emulate that song. So you try to write a song like that. So I was, you know, things like that in my periods of my life. What were some of the songs, like when you were starting out, like what were some of the songs from the 60s that got you? Were you all a the pop Motown. kid or were you a Motown no, I was a Motown. There you go. Okay. I was a Motown kid. Uh, you know, all the R&B stuff, you know. Um, I mean, of course, you know, my father was from Plainfield, and he felt a big connection to Frankie Valli and the Rascals and, the, you know, those guys because they were from Jersey. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that going on, but more of the Wilson Pickett, Otis Redding, Sam and Dave. Wow. All the, you know, obviously all the Motown stuff, Marvin Gaye, all that stuff. The, uh, so that was in my house constantly. Yeah? 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you can't... I, I, when I, I was a catcher rising thrall for five years, uh, I was the house MC and the general manager and all that, and I would always, when people would come and go, I would always play the Motown because you're automatically in a good mood. Yeah. You can't be in a bad mood listening to Motown music. Good point. It automatically, you know, gets you up there. And, uh, you know, the, the Ed Sullivan shows... If you ever watch, like, they, I have this Decades channel, and they rerun, like, all the old Sullivan shows. But what they did was they took all the good music. Like, well, because all, all you want now from those shows are the musical acts, the rock acts. And they hacked the crap out of them so that they're so small. But they did one. Uh, you'd appreciate this. They did one, uh, like, three of the Rascals acts in one show. And they do A Girl Like You. And you watch Dino Danelli. Just steal this entire show. Right. You know, like he's up there saying, you know, Felix is singing and they're focusing on him. But you see Dino Donnelly just attack these drums. Mm. And it's one of the great, when he died, I was like, I, I felt bad. And then when I happened to see the clip and you realize just what a great drummer this guy was. Right. But man, Eddie Test is in studio and uh, it's going to be, uh, I'm from Freehold too. The Eddie Test, the story, February 24th, the, uh, what was it in, in Asbury Park? It's what's it called House, of, House Independence. of Independence. House yeah. of Independence. I'm thinking blues. House of Independence <laughs> in Asbury Park. Here's New Jersey 101.5 fast traffic. All right, it's going to be a party at the House of Independence in Asbury Park on February 24th. Eddie Tester. I'm from Freehold too, and he's MC in the studio. Release MC. And I will be the MC. I'll be the guy that goes here's Eddie. There you go. And we got Nick, the producer, and Dave silently sitting on the right. <laughs> How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great, Steve. We can't wait for the show. We're excited about having you in it. And you know, as you mentioned, uh, as as Nick mentioned, he he's the creator of of this concept, and I was honored to be asked to become part of it. And as, uh, as, as we're developing it, we are so excited to have Eddie as part of this show because he's uh, an icon on the Jersey Shore. And uh, we're we, we just unbelievably excited about this show. It was a rhetorical question, Dave. I wasn't expecting <laughs> you to answer it. <laughs> nah, nah, we can't. You, you expected him to nod. I thought he was going to nod. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah. see him with the monitors. He started talking. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Eddie the Icon. That was his mob name, Eddie yeah. the Icon. They <laughs> called him back, back, back in the old days, you know, when... My meeting. <laughs> All right, Mr. Freehold. I have uh, I have this thing here. You know you're from Freehold, New Jersey, if. And I'm going to throw these out at you. And you tell me, okay? Uh, here's what we got here. Uh, you know you're from Freehold if you eat a Jersey Freeze, which is pretty simple, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So when you go in Jersey Freeze, they take pictures. Is your picture on the wall? No way. They don't even know who I am there. <laughs> Police artist <laughs> rendering, anything? Oh, man, I, I love Jersey Freeze. Me too. My God. Me too. I, I took my kids there. The Jersey Giant, right? Uh-huh. The the yeah. Oh, the, the, the tail of ham, right? Yeah, and the, the cheese and the yeah. burger. Oh, my God. That. All right, we got that. How about this one? Uh, you know you're from Jersey if you can smell the coffee from the Nestle plant. Oh, Absolutely. I remember that. I remember Absolutely. that without a doubt. Yeah, people who never drank coffee in their life started drinking coffee when they drove through Freehold and smelled the Nestle plant. And you knew right. it was going to rain. Right. Yeah, you know, we knew it was going to rain if you smell, started smelling the coffee. Now, uh, how about this? Uh, you're sick and tired of people asking you if you know Springsteen. Oh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> is that for me? <laughs> That's for anybody. I'm just because I don't know him. I mean, no. I know him, right? I mean, no, but everybody I knows him. Like, I like, go to his house and he doesn't invite me for breakfast or lunch or dinner. No, but I mean, offer to bring chicken. <laughs> well, he used to eat chicken. I don't think he does anymore. But he, no, I've, yeah. I've yes, people him, eat it for him. Yeah, <laughs> I've offered him to come to the store anytime he wants, and. uh you know, I'll just when he cut. If he yeah. ever came, I would just lock the door, and just way nobody would bother us. While be like our chicken and French fries. Yeah, it'd be like Bronx Tale. Now yeah. you just can't leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> now you just can't leave. But uh, it would be, you know, it, it's 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 cool that people find an interest in me through that. But this show is more about an interest in my own self. Oh yeah, and my music. Um, it's like I said earlier. It's like. You know, nothing against Bruce, obviously. He's, he's the man. He is Freehold. I mean, he put Freehold on the map, right? Well, that's what they meant. Like, when they, because anytime yeah. you ever mention Freehold, you've got to, oh, do you know Springsteen? Same thing if you say Asbury Park, right? right. If I, it's the same thing. Right. Oh, do you know Bruce? Right. So it's like, you know, if you're from Freehold, you're so sick of people asking you if you know Bruce. Tom Cruise uh, feels that way, that's for sure. Yeah, all right. He's yeah. from Summit, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, how about this one, okay? You remember the traffic circle. I remember the traffic oh, yeah, circle. definitely. As a matter of fact, I thought it was still there. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved out west. We lived in Marlboro. Oh, that's where you grew we, up. My, I grew up in Union City, but then my family moved to Marlboro. So that's how I knew, like, you know, Freehold. Before, way before the mall was there. Mm. There used to be, like, up at Pond Road, and then you had um, where the James Way was. None of that stuff is there anymore. No. I think it used to be, like, a, a kosher Chinese restaurant at one point, and the Freehold Cinema was there. Right. Right, right? Now, now it's now all it's in the Raceway Mall. Uh, yeah, not, well, the... The cinema is now a vitamin shop. Is it really? And and Burlington Co Factory is where James Way was in that whole strip mall. That mall's the malls are there. Yeah, the Firestone. Firestone's still there. There used to be a place. Do you remember a place called Tom and Chi? Yeah, yeah. The grilled cheese. Yeah, I saw I I, I saw that on one of those uh, Shark Tanks or something. Well, they had one in there, mm -hmm. and they would make grilled cheese out of donuts. They would take a donut. And they used the donut to make the grilled cheese. Whoa. It was amazing. Heavy was duty. Truly amazing. That's heavy duty. <laughs> uh-huh. So now, so now these are going to be all original songs. Yes. So are these going to be like new original songs or the Yeti Testa catalog? It's going to be a catalog of stuff. There's going to be a, a, a handful of songs that, I, that I've never played before. <laughs> Actually, I'm playing the first song I ever wrote that nobody's ever heard. Really? People that were in my living room or in my... <laughs> in my bedroom at the time that I wrote it. That How old were you? It. I would say about 13. Wow. Yeah. Your father was like, turn that down! No, it was an oh, acoustic okay. guitar, So, oh, and my okay. father wasn't around at that time. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Nobody yell at us. All right, see? You know, we, we, we had a lot of parties. That was one of the, uh, the uh, rule, uh, not rules, but that, that was one of the things that I wanted to uh, have happen with the gig. I wanted it to be an all-original night. Mm -hmm. And when Eddie said that, he says, well, I've got two albums that are unreleased that I wrote over the pandemic. And I said, oh, okay, wow. that sounds really yeah. good. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. And you are a perfectionist when it comes to music. When you hear an Eddie Testa song, you could hear the work that was put into it. Oh, yeah. And how just, you know, how crisp everything sounds. He played some of his early stuff for me, and it sounds fantastic. I mean, I mean I'm not just saying that, but I, I was surprised at the quality of the stuff that he produced when he was a teenager. Well, the, you know, I've always had great 
people with me playing, producing. I've always been very fortunate. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the guy, you know, I always say one man's not an army. I mean, it takes a lot of people to do do these songs and, and put these together. To put my ideas out the way I see them or to convince me to see it this way or that way. So it, it's, it's always been, I mean, the, the group, I'm, the band I have right now, all those guys, they're just phenomenal, phenomenal musicians and, and great became great friends nice. you know so it's a and not that all the guys in the back i still talk to every guy that i ever been in a band with really oh not yeah bad. i talk to everybody See I, that? I, no, there's no animosities there's no you know we anybody i've ever worked with has never been egomaniacs or myself that's what makes it work yeah, you know because you have no ego you just no, want to have fun you're around any you're around eddie you want to party but I, I just think that, you know, um, somebody has to have the final say. Mm -hmm. And being the singer, you have to be have the final say. And yeah. especially if you're writing the songs, you, you see a vision this way. But I would not ever say to somebody, let's not try. You forget your idea. I don't even want to think about it. No, I'll, I welcome everything. And the guys that I play with like that. Mm -hmm. Because they feel part of it. They feel so comfortable it, with it. Yeah, it feels sure. it's, it's, it's a great uh, working relationship, you know. Eddie Testa, I'm from Freehold 2, February 24th, House of Independence. Where do we get the tickets? House of Independence. House of Independence. You have a website? We do have a website. What's the website? <laughs> the Gig USA. Am I having Costello now? <laughs> TheGigUSA.com. The TheGigUSA.com. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be great. You. you better write some good jokes. I will. Well, write about free. I wrote some when I was a teenager. I'm going to bring them with me. <laughs> bring them with you. <laughs> I did it during the pandemic. <laughs> Eddie Testa. Thank and you we for got, having us. You got it, pal. We got Nick. We got Dave. And it is 1030. Now, the latest new... 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. And uh, Ryan Bissell. How's it going? Ain't he a great guy? Eddie Tester. Eddie Tester. He was. He is... Uh, I tell you, he, he's like... He's one, of, he's one of a kind. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys, every time you meet him, you want to hang with him, you want to party with him. He's always got a smile. He's always got something cool to say. And we're going to do that show February 24th at the House of Independence in Asbury Park. He's like, he's like the rock and roll everyman. He's been at the shore forever, and the band has been around forever, and they're just a happy party band. Yeah, I mean, you know, usually you can tell, like, you know, different people have different kinds of energy. You can tell, oh, this guy is probably the lead singer, this guy is the bass. I didn't know who was who. They all came up. They were all super friendly, shook my hand, introduced themselves. Like He know, does a show, like he did on Facebook, uh, teaching these guys to do the worst that could happen. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I even called him. I, tell you, I, I see his music on Facebook, and I call him up. Eddie, that was great. That was wonderful. <laughs> I'll do that with everybody. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Bob's hey. got news for you. Excellent news. Sometimes she works, sometimes she don't. Headlines and Trev lines. I read the news today. Doctor, doctor. Give me the news. As Steve comments on the headlines of New Jersey. Brace yourself, folks. For mind-blowing news. As only Steve can. I was wondering myself. <laughs> so state lawmakers in New Jersey have begun advancing a bipartisan proposal to allow virtual weddings over Zoom, a temporary COVID-era policy to become permanent in New Jersey. Why do we have to get their permission? Like, what, what is a virtual wedding? 
So a virtual wedding, basically, they have you uh, zoom in, right? And uh, you have all of the necessary things, you know, the proof. But that the bride and the groom are in the same room, right? Uh, I guess they don't have to be. Uh, wait a minute, you're gonna have, you're gonna get married. You're gonna be you, wait. The bride and the groom are gonna be in two different places, and they're gonna get married. Yes, they absolutely are, and there's a well, good. Why do we need the legislature for this? Um, because. So for weddings, they have like certain like laws that people need to be present. You need to have certain like you know documentation and things like that. You pay the money for the license, and you're married. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, now with this, um, it began. The rest of it is all ceremony, right? I mean, the re I mean, from what I understand, you pay the money yeah. for the license. I've been married twice. What do <laughs> I know? You you pay the money for the license, and that means you're married. Now after that, you can go to have a church. You could go. Uh, I got married in a casino. I mean, uh, you know, wherever you want to get married, you get married. Oh. But once you pay the money for the license, right? So why? I don't understand why the state needs to allow you to get married through Zoom. So it says here uh, at the height of the coronavirus pandemic in May 2020, Governor Phil Murphy issued an executive order allowing virtual marriages, getting licenses, and holding ceremonies online via Zoom or other teleconference sites. Um, but that ended uh, at the end of the pandemic. So I guess you can get all of those things that you previously need to show up in person with all these forms of identification physically up to, what is it, the state house, I assume? Uh, you don't need to go there anymore. You can just zoom in and, you know, set up a virtual conference and get it done right then and there. I never thought, I never realized that you couldn't. I mean, as long I, as the, I imagine, I, I, can't, I can't see <laughs> a bride and a groom. They got to be together. Right. They have. I, I would assume they're in so the same place. So they're together, and everybody. Right. I guess the witnesses would be there, and that'd be yeah. it. So if everybody else wants to jump in on Zoom, why would that be? Why do you need the government to allow you to do that? I, I, I got no idea. Does Murphy have to park his and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be at the wedding too. I got to be at the wedding too. It passed five zero, so no one is against it. Who would be? The Montagues or the Capulets? That's Romeo and Juliet. All right, go ahead. All right, next up, the world's largest pizza. New record has been set the in... The world's largest going to be at the Pizza Bowl. Yeah. February 4th with Guy Fieri. If it's not the Guy Fieri, with Guy Madsen. <laughs> Wrong guy. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it was not in New Jersey. It was no. in Oklahoma, a state not even known Oklahoma? for Oklahoma? Of all places. They all ran a highway through it. <laughs> so the Oklahoma uh, an Oklahoma University and a pizzeria chain teamed up to break the world's largest record. They, Mike Bosch, owner of Andalini's Pizza Chain, said it took eight months to organize their Guinness World Record uh, attempt at the eight University of Tulsa. Eight months to make the pizza? Eight months of planning. So it's... How uh, do you plan a pizza for eight months? Dough, sauce, cheese. So actually, I misread it. It's Pizza Party. Oh, pizza party. Yes. That's different. So for this, they prepared a thousand pizzas. A thousand pizzas to be brought that was that Buffalo day. Springfield. A thousand <laughs> pizzas in the street. <laughs> Singing songs. And, <laughs> and so there's actual like record like world record qualifications for what constitutes a pizza party. Right. So the organization's rule There's rule, qualifications for yes. a pizza party? Yes. For what, what are the qualifications that must have mozzarella? <laughs> so let's assume that each of these pizzas, each of these 1,000 pizzas were eight slices. Okay. So uh, of that, each participant needs to eat two slices of pizza and drink a small bottle of water during the 15-minute time limit. 
And that, was like a pizza eating contest? <laughs> I don't. Fifteen minutes seems like a very short amount of time to eat two slices of pizza, especially with if it's you're with other people. Hard, yeah. Um, but three thousand three hundred and fifty-seven people finished their pizza in water. Uh, so that's the new record, and they raised forty thousand dollars for charity. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the biggest pizzas in Oklahoma. Not biggest pizza, biggest pizza bigger party. Pizza par the, uh, the bigger pizza party is going to be February 4th at uh, Pizza Bowl. You go to <laughs> nj1015.com, you get all the details. It's going to be at Red's Restaurant and Bar up in uh, Karlstad. And the judges, oh my God, have you seen all the judges he's got? What, what, who are they? Uh, for Pizza Bowl, there's like 8 billion. Julia Scotty's going to judge. I'm going to judge. Um, Ken Rosado from Eyewitness News is going to judge. Jim Murdoch from News 12 is going to judge. Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker from the Giants, going to be a judge. Uh, who else? Who am I leaving out here? Um, is it one of the Sopranos or something? One of the Sopranos is going to be the judge. Uh, let me see. i got I got to find it out here. It's got, there's, like, there's like 19 judges on here. Uh, but anyway, trust me, it's going to be it's going to be a lot a lot of judges. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Lots of people eating pizza. Uh, next up is there is increasing fine for left lane slowpokes in South Carolina, and I think that's something we could use here in New the Jersey. Death penalty? Yeah. <laughs> so the increased penalty is from twenty five dollars to a hundred dollar fine. Uh, for people who are going uh, too slow in the left lane, too slow in the left lane, I love not that. moving over. It, it's called the. It's being nicknamed the slowpoke bill. The slowpoke bill. Yep. And uh, let's see here. It uh, it's gonna, it's aiming to be passed in uh, later this year, and it's not a criminal penalty though, so uh, it doesn't count as points against your driving record. So being a slow driver How is not it? a crime. No, it should be. It's a moving violation. It's a fine. Don't do the crime and you won't get the fine. No, yeah, it should be, it's a moving violation. It's a slow moving violation, yeah. but it's a moving violation. Yeah, I, I think uh, Eric Scott, uh, not Eric, uh, not Eric Scott, uh, mm. who's uh, Eric Potts, Eric different Potts. name. Eric Potts, different Eric. Um, yes. He, a uh, former uh, police also officer, yes. <laughs> okay. he said one time, and something that surprised me, if you're speeding in the left lane and someone else is speeding faster than you and you don't move, even though that guy's going faster than you, you're the one breaking the speed limit. And who's like at Why fault? Why is that? Because you're obstructing traffic. <laughs> okay. And I don't, I don't understand the logic, but like, you know... It, I never understand Eric Potts' logic. <laughs> and I've been his friend for years. Police no, logic. No, I'm kidding. Uh, he's a good guy. All right, here we go. Uh, here are the judges. Stephen Baker, uh, Joe D'Onofrio, who played young Tommy in Goodfellas. Oh, uh, Dan Manorino from uh, Channel 11. Murdoch, Ken Rosado, Artie Pasquale from The Sopranos. Uh, Julia Scotti, Talina Kupare, she's uh, a business world's record holder. Uh, DJ Ralph T, and uh, the Wise Guys show. He's got a new Aloha Monkey, is going to be the band. Who is? The Aloha Monkey. Oh, yeah. They were in here singing the Jersey Pizza Joints. I was a good song. Bada bing, kiss the ring. Those guys, right? They're all going to yeah. be there. Oklahoma. Eat your heart out. Steve Travelis is now. Point five wants to say thanks for listening. Fill your tank for free. You can win a free $50 gas card. This is the last week to win, so listen all week at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. for our secret code word. Enter in our app to win a free $50 gas card. There's three winners every weekday. Thanks to our sponsor, Sioka Car and Truck Country of Flemington, part of Sioka family with 40 dealerships and 25 brands. Good luck and thanks for listening. New Jersey 101.5. All right, Ryan Bissell, what else have we got going on here? All right, the Razzie Awards 2023 nominations have been announced. 
The Razzie Awards, uh, f- uh, sorry, they're called the Golden Raspberry Awards the Golden now. Golden Raspberry Awards. They were formerly known as the Razzies. Uh, celebrated the best, of, they celebrate the best of the worst the in cinema. The best of the worst? Yeah, so okay. this isn't the people who did the best in these films. These are people who did the worst in these okay. films. So, for worst picture, we got Blonde, Disney's Pinocchio, Good Morning, The King's Daughter, and Morbius. Mm-hmm. Um, I've for, seen none of these movies. <laughs> really? You didn't see Pinocchio? With Tom Hanks? I did not see Pinocchio. Oh. I didn't even know he made Pinocchio. Tom Hanks did Pinocchio? Yeah, yeah, he played... Does uh, his nose grow? No, he, he's not Pinocchio. He's oh. uh, the... Uh, Geppetto? Yeah, he plays Geppetto. And it's funny you mentioned that. Up for uh, worst supporting actor is uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, but in Elvis, actually. He played Tom Parker. Yeah, he played Tom Parker. and In a fat suit. In a fat suit. And it got... Critics just absolutely destroyed Tom Hanks. Oh, they didn't like him? They didn't like it. Tom Hanks looked at it afterwards and was like, basically like, what have I done? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was that bad. He didn't like it either. Yeah. Uh, worst screenplays are Blonde, Disney's Pinocchio again, uh-huh. Good Morning, Jurassic World, Dominion, and Morbius. A lot of Morbius. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, the other worst supporting actors are Pete Davidson, of all people, for Good Morning. Really, um, Xavier Samuel, who I don't, I don't know who that is, and Blonde Son, and Mod Son for Good Morning as well. So two for Good Morning. Uh, good we don't morning. like Good Morning. We don't like Pinocchio. Yeah, Pete Davidson's Good Morning just isn't it. Uh, well, on to more. Uh, what's it called? Interesting news here. Yes. M and M spokes spokes candies are on an indefinite pause uh, after people have gotten upset. I don't need my candy agenda. telling me it's political. It's politics. All I want my candy to do is taste good. Yeah, well, that's what anyone all really? anyone wants. And so they opened up with America, let's talk. And, uh, well, Maya Rudolph uh, from Saturday Night Live in the 2000s right. um, and other, you know, newer comedic things now, uh, she's going to be their new spokesperson uh, because after they took the go-go boots off the green M&M, uh, people really got upset about it. Why? Because they were like, oh, why are you making the green M&M not feminine anymore? And they're like, oh, well, we're just trying to emphasize the fact that they each have their own personality. And people thought that that was part of the woke agenda. Instead Tell of the that. M&Ms to shut up. <laughs> Tell the M&Ms to shut up, melt in your mouth, and not in your hands. That's all they got to do. They have two jobs. <laughs> melt in your mouth, not in your hands. That's it. I don't need my M&Ms telling me that, how they feel about their politics. All right, we got one more. What do we got left? One more, one more. Uh, Pet Fish spends cash and exposes Nintendo Switch owner's credit card during Pokemon live stream. A guy was streaming on a popular platform on the internet, uh-huh. um, and he was having his fish swim around the screen, and whenever they'd swim in a certain box, it would input a certain uh, control on his Switch. Well, the game crashed, and the fish opened up the uh, shop on uh-huh. the, uh, the Switch, uh-huh. and it spent $5 and exposed his credit card numbers to everyone who was watching the stream. Just remember one thing. Reliable. This has been the Steve Travelee Show on demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.